The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Christ. Beginning in chapter 21, verse 28. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and did the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Amen. Be seated, please. Lord, we thank you for your life-giving word this morning. Your word has a way of feeding our souls like nothing else. And so we invite you to come among us today, Holy Spirit, to teach us your word, to plant your word deep inside of our hearts so that it might bear fruit in our lives to the glory and the praise and the honor of your name, Jesus, amen. All right, good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day, huh? Wow, it's a great time of year. It is a great time of year. Thank you, Jesus. I want to start by considering a question. I want you to think about the teachers in your life that have had a really significant impact on who you are today on the course of the direction that your life took. It might not have been somebody in school. It might not have been a professor. It could have been a coach in your life at some point. Or a counselor. Maybe a mentor at work. Possibly one of your own parents. Your father or your mother. And maybe even one of your own children. I found that I have learned an awful lot from my sons in life. Who are the teachers who have really shaped you? Because teachers have a profound influence in our lives, don't they? In terms of us coming to understand who we are, what we're capable of, and setting the course of our lives. We, We learned something extraordinary today in this psalm written by King David so many years ago. Psalm 25. It's this extraordinary reality that God himself makes us available, makes himself available as our teacher. The God of the universe, the king of the heavens, makes himself available to us to be our teacher in life. If we're interested, if we're open. King David understood that. In the psalm that we read this morning, Psalm 25, he refers to this kind of relationship with God six times. Six times. He saw God as the answer. 
He recognized that what he truly needed to know about life and how to do life, only one person could really teach him. And that was God himself. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Have you ever considered God as your teacher in life? Who are we learning from today? Is another great question to consider. Who are we learning from? Are we learning from books? Are, are we just learning from the people around us? Are we learning from podcasts? Are we learning from social media? Are we learning from what we see on TV? Are we learning from what the news media has to say about what's going on and what's important? Who are we learning from? I believe God's call to us this morning is like, it's, it's this, come to me. I'm the best teacher you're going to find in life. It's a real shift, isn't it? A revelation that God could be our teacher. Jesus himself refers to this kind of relationship that's available to us when we come to faith in Christ. He refers to it in John chapter 6 where he says, it is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Now Jesus is referring to a prophecy in the book of Isaiah where Isaiah had said, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Now in a literal sense, when Jesus came to earth, people were being taught by God, weren't they? The word made flesh, God incarnate in Jesus was walking the earth and teaching God's children. But I think there's more to it than that, than simply seeing Jesus as a rabbi or teacher to his disciples way back when. God is available here and now to us to be our teacher on earth. How is that possible? If he's up in heaven at the right hand of God. Well, we have this wonderful gift in person named the Holy Spirit. That he has sent into our lives and into our hearts to be our teacher on a daily basis. To show us how to do life right. How to do life the way that we were designed to. Jesus himself promised that in John chapter 14 when he said to his disciples, These things that I've spoken to you, that I've taught you while I am still with you but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all I have said to you now there's a very little but important three-letter word in this passage that I want to pay attention to it's all a-l-l all that's a pretty comprehensive word, isn't it? The Holy Speecher, the Holy Speecher, that's good. That was funny. The Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He wants to make available all of his knowledge and wisdom and understanding and love to each and every one of us through the Holy Spirit. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? As hard as it might be to believe, Google cannot even compete with the Holy Spirit. 
Not even Google can match what the Holy Spirit has to offer us on a daily basis, which is the mind of God, the mind of Christ. Google is great at giving us a lot of information. It is helpful. I use Google a lot. In fact, we probably have too much information available to us today. And it's interesting to consider that all of the, how, how, how much information we have available to us, and yet it's not really helping us to become better people or to become more like Jesus. Because more information is not what we really need. More information is not what we really need. The Pharisees and Sadducees at Jesus' time, they knew more about God than anybody else. They knew the law and the prophets. And Jesus had this to say about them. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have eternal life. Information is not the answer. It's a revelation of God himself as your teacher. You know, having, having God as your teacher isn't just about learning what the teacher knows. It's about coming to know the teacher. It's not simply about learning what our teacher in heaven knows. It's about coming to know this teacher personally because God doesn't want to just give us good information or really good spiritual training in life. He wants to give us himself. He wants to give us himself in this, this beautiful interaction and exchange which happens between teacher and student, between you and him on a daily basis. And, and David got that. He understood this so clearly. And you see it in the Psalms like this one, Psalm 25 and I love how our brother over here picked up on that and read this particular passage for us at the beginning of the service in verses 4 and 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. There's an important connection here between God making himself known to us personally and him being our teacher. That's the whole point of him taking that position and role in our life as a teacher is that we would come to know the living God. And as a result, know a lot more about ourselves and how to do life the way it works. I want to think about two more things to this morning. One is, what kind of teacher is he? What kind of teacher is God? If he's going to be my teacher, what should I expect? And then, how do we step into that? How do we experience God as a teacher in our life in a, in a really practical way? What does that look like? First of all, what kind of teacher is he? Well, he's very patient. He is incredibly patient. He's not going to say, I can't believe you haven't gotten it yet. I just can't believe you don't get it yet. 
He's not going to do that. God is patient with his students, with his children. Number two, God is gracious. You can make mistakes and it's okay with this teacher. You can even fail a class and it's okay. I'm not encouraging failure, but I'm just saying that it's okay if you fail under the lordship and leadership of this teacher. In fact, sometimes failure is a good thing in the learning process. It's how we deal with it. And if we allow God to come in as our teacher in times of failure, we can learn a whole lot about ourselves and about him. God, our teacher, is very, very gracious. It's not about making the grade with him. He already made the grade through his son, Jesus. You don't have to worry about it. It's not about making the grade with this teacher. Number two, or number three, he is wise. He's very wise, smart. He knows all, and he wants to share all with us through the Holy Spirit. The best teachers, maybe you've experienced this in your own life, the best teachers don't just serve the same thing to everybody. They know what to teach and how to teach particular students so that they get it, so that they understand, so that it makes sense to them. Isn't that true? Really good teachers know their students. They know the style and the way they learn. They know how it's going to make sense to them. God is wise and he knows you. He knows how you learn best. And that's the approach that he's going to take with you as a teacher is what's going to bring them to the next step and the next level of relationship with me? God is patient. He's gracious. He's wise. And he's also very creative. He's very, very creative. He might have lessons for you you would not expect in life. Ways of teaching you that you, if you're paying attention to, you'd be surprised. We spent some time Friday and Saturday talking about knowing God's voice and some of the creative ways that God communicates with us and enters into our life. And one of the important things is just paying attention. We've got to be on the lookout for this teacher. God is patient, he's gracious, he's wise, and he's very creative. The picture... If I were to sum it up, the picture that I have of, of God as our teachers, it's like, it's like the father that gets down here with his kids and says, let me help you with that. Let me show you how that works. He gets down on our level so that we get it, so that we understand. And, he, and he, then he draws us up into a higher place of knowledge and understanding in relationship with him. That's the kind of teacher that God is. Do you remember the movie Karate Kid? Some of you. <laughs> that was a classic. I think they remade it not too long ago. But that was, that was a big movie when I was growing up. And it's about this kid, Daniel. He doesn't have a father. He meets Mr. Miyagi who teaches him karate. And it's kind of a, an underdog story you know, becoming the champion. But it's also about this beautiful relationship between a teacher and the student, between Mr. Miyagi and Daniel-san. And what happens and what's so beautiful and compelling about the story is that it's how Miyagi becomes like a father to Daniel. 
gives him the kind of love that he never had from a father. It's about that relationship. And that's the kind of teacher-student relationship that we're talking about. The kind of teacher you have available in God. So, the last question. How, how do we experience this practically in our lives? How, how can I have God as my teacher in a more real and relevant way? Well, number one, I would say, is honor. That we honor our teacher. David describes it like this, and you hear this familiar theme throughout the scriptures, encouraging us to have this thing called the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. He says in this psalm, in verse 12, who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. Now, fear of the Lord is not what some people think. It's not this cowering kind of terror like, if I get it wrong, you're going to give me the... I had a teacher who had a board of education. It was actually a paddle. It had board of education written on it. It's not that kind of teacher. I'll never forget him. But there is a sense of honor, and it's, and it's in a, a way that it's like, Wow, you are so much greater and more awesome than I could ever imagine. I want to learn from you. I want to sit at your feet, Jesus, and receive what you have to teach me. It begins with honoring the Lord in your life. Number two, humility. Humility. David says in Psalm 25, again in verses 9 and 10, he says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble and was right and teaches the humble his way. Humility says, I still have a lot to learn in life. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to manage my life perfectly. I need help. Have you ever tried to teach somebody who thought they already knew it all? That's, it's not easy, is it? Humility says, I have a lot to learn from you, God, and I want to. I'm ready. Would you teach me? Would you teach me? Number three, believe. Believe. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For anyone who would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. Do we really believe that God is our teacher? That he's here with us and in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, available anytime, anywhere, to give us instruction and guidance and wisdom? Do we believe it? And if we do, are we... Are we treating him as a person we can talk to? Are we going to him with questions and saying, God, I don't really know how to love my family the way I want to. I don't really know how to love my wife or my husband or my children or my parents in the way that I truly want to. God, would you teach me how to love them? God, I don't know how to handle this person at work. They get on my last nerve. I just don't have patience with this person. God, can you teach me patience with difficult people? 
God, I keep coming up against this issue in my life again and again and again, and I can't seem to break it. God, can you teach me how to walk in freedom in this area of my life? Are you talking to God? Are you asking him the questions? Are you going to your teacher? You have to believe and act on it. Last but not least, we talked about honoring God. We talked about humility. We talked about believing in, in faith. And now we're going to talk about patience again. We started with patience. We're going to end with patience. He's very patient and we need to be too. God, the Holy Spirit, doesn't work as quickly as Google. He just doesn't. He doesn't operate that way. He's not the almighty answer key. Do you remember the textbooks when you were in school? The answer key in the back? Tempting. Easier just to go to the answer key, not to have to work out the problem yourself and really learn the material. But God is not the almighty answer key. That, he knows that that's not really going to help you because he wants to take you through this longer process of you really learning how to do life right with him. He's not always just going to give you the answer as quickly as you would like or want in your life. You have to be patient. You have to stick with it and keep going to the teacher again and again because God is Again, much less, much less interested in you knowing the answers. I want you to know him. That's the whole point. Now when we have God as our teacher, when he really becomes the person guiding and directing our life, teaching us how do, how do we do this thing called life? It's difficult, it's hard, right? In this broken world. When that starts to happen, when he is your teacher, the truth that you know up here starts to travel down into this place called the heart. When you start hearing from God himself personally in your life, when he starts teaching you about love and kindness and gentleness and patience and all these important things, the truth of God, the information we all have, because we go to church, about God starts to travel this long distance down into our hearts and it becomes real to us. And that's when we start to change. That's when we start to become more and more like Jesus, not through information about him, but encountering him and experiencing him and knowing his truth. That's what we want, right? I'll end with this. It's this beautiful promise in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and mighty things that you have not known. Great and mighty things that you have not known. Call to me, he says. I'm your teacher. I'm ready. Are you ready to learn? Are you ready to take this journey of discovery with me, it's an adventure. It's going to require some honor and humility and faith and patience, but the result is going to be beautiful. Let's pray. Father God, we 
Thank you for the beautiful way that you make yourself available as our teacher in the Holy Spirit. And not just here in church, but out there in the world. At work, at home, at school. God, give us the grace to step into this truth. Give us grace to take advantage of what you're making available to us. When you say that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. Come Holy Spirit. And, and in a way you only, only you can do for people this morning. Take them by the hand and lead them on this journey as their teacher in life. In Jesus' name. Amen.